cancer is frightening than hearing we weren't able to get it all watching it spread to other organs you know all this is just terrifying the doctors tried everything but failed and gave up kind of alone staring at the end how would my family grow without me in that darkness nature shined its light the month of hemp healing i was cancer free and i blame it all on cbd Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Hempy Hour. I am one of your hosts, Gina Mama Epps. Together, we are the Hemp Sisters, and we apparently have a special guest today. Um, we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about with you guys today. Uh, we talked last week a little bit. We ended last week with telling you about some pretty cool stuff we're going to be talking about. So I will let Lois clue you in while I try and get Itchy away from the screen. <laughs> he just wants to be part of the entertainment. Hello, everybody. And thanks again for joining us. Uh, this week, uh, we did put some articles out uh, through our LinkedIn and social media efforts. And we're, we really just want to keep continuing to tell stories of people and the, the faces of cannabis, really, right? Uh, so we did talk about uh, seniors, right, and their their welcoming and their embracing cannabis for a multitude of reasons. And my own mom. Yeah. My mom. I make my mom brownies, and she every single day she will not share them, not with her man, not 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 with a neighbor, nobody. She yeah. gets her special brownies, and whether she's laying down to take a nap, whether her pain's a little too high, or whether she needs a good night's sleep. She's using cannabis. And we appreciate her on cannabis. Oh my gosh. I mean, talk about seeing a complete 180 mood shift. I mean, you know, and, and again, it's it's age and it's life and, you know, you got a little stress and, and pain and just, you know, you go with, you know, as we get older, one of the, the things we talked about in that article was, you know, pain affects mood. And we're going to talk about Jana's journey a little bit too, mm -hmm. but pain affects your mood. Uh, when you are in chronic pain, chronic pain, you are in dread. Um, there is no, you, you might be able to pull it off for a while, that fake happy, but- it, it, no, You nailed it. it yeah. It's fake. It's not real. It's just going through the motions. You're yeah. in a robot mode. And unfortunately that is also, it takes its own effort, right? Sure. Uh, so you're never quite healing yourself. You're just in this chronic cycle. Right. Um, yeah. The rest of you. Right. And, and again, like we, we could talk about the differences, you know, between CBD and THC. One, mm -hmm. one, you'll get a little psychoactive effect and depending how your body reacts, that might be okay for you or it might not be okay for you. But there's cannabinoids for days. Cannabinoids. Sorry, Chuck. <laughs> it's so easy to I say. <laughs> it's cannabis, so cannabinoid, it just like flows, but properly it is cannabinoids. Anyway, no, I'm not either. So, <laughs> however, you say it is okay. <laughs> Don't say that in front of Chuck. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, that article, and actually the last few articles we've been putting out mm -hmm. have really just had a nice stretch. Uh, they're getting lots of views, um, especially through LinkedIn. Yeah. And, and that, talking about getting high, and we're not talking mm -hmm. about, well, we can if you want us to, because sure. there's a whole lane for that too. But that Gina and I can ever hope to have is to just start having people have these discussions without us, yeah. right? Um, 
again, it might not apply to your life, but you're going to come across somebody uh, that has similar situations, the things that we talk about are in general. Right. And you're going to have a little nugget of knowledge for them to, to a seed to plant in their mind and then let it grow. And it really doesn't matter if you're a cannabis user or not a cannabis user, you have an endocannabinoid system in your body, in your body, just waiting, just waiting, guys. Um, we want you to take that discovery going on 40 years now. Um, go to that article because there's some links in there to kind of help you. Uh, the one about the boomers and booming cannabis, because there are some links in there. Yeah, we'll put the link in the there are some links in there that bring you to an actual medical school survey uh, because again some people in this this field will describe the endocannabinoid system the discovery of it as one of the greatest discoveries of humankind right begs the question why doesn't most doctors know anything about it and if right. they don't understand that system or acknowledge its significance you're never going to have a, a successful conversation about cannabis with them because right. they're not educated on the components of, they're not, they don't understand the mechanism of action um, because they look to publish studies, publish works, they cross-reference and vet their studies. Uh, without these pieces, you have a really hard time talking to your doctor in a logical way, a way that they'll appreciate that you're, you are advocating for yourself and you're not just, well, Susie told me my kid's right. autism's cleared next week. You know, well, you might feel that and that might even be true. Very hard to walk into a doctor's office and start with that kind of conversation on those terms. So the advocacy part is important, right? You know, what's real cool. Uh, our other team members who we've spoken about consistently, you know, Arisha, Arisha Land, they, do, they also do a podcast, shout out to Sadie and Ari. Um, but they're, they're this past podcast they did this week and they spoke about like down into sperm like where life begins they there's proof of an endocannabinoid system in the sperm in this single cell little you know what i mean so it has everything to do with life everything and obviously we'll get more in depth in another time but it's something that has really intrigued you guys and so it makes us just want to teach more and get more education out there and get this conversation flowing and never ending constant you know questions because when yes. you ask us questions it starts to help us gauge what people know and what they don't know and what's important to you what's important to us we all have different things in our life and um if we can even just put a bullet point out on some subjects to have you be empowered to start looking into these things and finding trusted sources of education and, you know this is again people ask us what i do what we do like i mean you <laughs> really so, right. um, you know, we want to take a look at um, some some stories. One, mm -hmm. we're going to start with Gina actually and her journey, uh, and we want to kind of introduce you to a couple other people there, uh, you know, that have crossed our paths or we've crossed into their journeys, mm -hmm. um, and they've made such an impact. And they their messages uh, they speak to a very a variety of ears, but I think overall all three uh really just in the human experience in general right absolutely absolutely we're gonna start with every person on the planet says my daughter you know always <laughs> include that's like default <laughs> you know talking about miss mama of sierra but <laughs> all right we're gonna do some screen sharing again just to recircle you know technical you know situation here but let's do it
I'll just sit here and smile. <clears throat> there you go. See? <laughs> Everyone has their role. We're going to flip the letter, yo. All right. So a uh, year and a half ago, right? A year and a yeah. half ago. July 31st. Yeah. Uh, previous empty hours. Maybe we just do like a real quick recap because we've talked about this condition being diagnosed, but just let's get everybody on the same page so this makes sense. We read it. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I, gosh, I mean, where do you begin? I, uh, the, my first memory of insanely sharp pain in the back of my left hip was literally one month before my wedding. So um, I got married October of 2011 in Jamaica lovely experience um but my husband and i went into like crazy workout mode you know we're getting married on a beach we got to get our ass together like we gotta you know make sure we're looking good feeling good. Yeah. very light clothing um so whatever we get into this sean t hardcore workout mode and so i just chalk this pain up to injury like i'm you know i'm kicking my own ass i'm getting ready for this wedding i'm, I'm gonna i'll live whatever stretch 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 get it together so anyway this pain persists and it, it doesn't get any better. It actually gets slowly worse. And let's fast forward a couple of years. I'm, I'm pregnant. So now it's 2013 and I'm 39 years old and my hips are spreading for the first time since puberty, you know? And so now I'm chalking this insane pain up to I'm pregnant and I'm almost 40 and my hips are spreading. And there's, you know, any excuse I could come up with other than go to the doctor and see why you have this ungodly pain. Right. So, I mean, you know, yeah. stubborn, so oh stubborn. God. Oh my God. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So here I am in hell every day of my life, but still that stubborn, you know, not going to a doctor. So I give birth and, you know, it's now it's the middle of 2013 and the pain's ungodly, but you know, I just gave birth. Obviously that's why, that's why. <laughs> you know, everybody has ungodly pain in their hip after they give birth. Right. Ridiculous. Um, so again, I fast forward again. Now you guys already know the story. We go to Washington State. It's 2014 into 2015, and I literally end up in the emergency room. I, I'm crying. The pain is ungodly. It's like someone's constantly stabbing me in the hip. I literally can't handle it but anymore. It's, it's like it's something broken. Yeah, I break my hip and not know it. But there was no crazy fall. There was nothing you know major that happened. But now this pain was not just in the back. It was the back, it was the front, it was the side. It was my entire hip socket, and it was excruciating. I couldn't stand, lay, sit, sleep. I mean, hell, absolute hell. Um, and like Lois had mentioned earlier, I mean, you, you can't live in chronic excruciating pain. It is a miserable experience. You're not yourself. You, It's impossible to be a good mom and wife and friend and daughter and business. So like all of it. You know each other our entire life and you had birthed a new person. You know, we all are unique, you know, things that we pick on each other for. You know what I'm saying? If these things were amplified to a uh, unhealthy way, oh you know what I mean? In Washington and this is going on. Like it, it, it just, it, everything was just compounding and compounding and compounding and the mental, the mental beating moved all the way until you got to Wisconsin. Here. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Not, not only am I in in hell in Washington, I have nobody. It's my, me, my, my husband and Jax, who's two, going on two, you know, I mean, not even two at that point. Um, so not, not a lot of support and a, a lot of hell. And the, the ER doctor tells me that I broke my hip. He shows me this x-ray where there's this crazy looking crack through my entire hip. I mean, five, six inches, you know, I'm like, what? Like how, 
what the fuck are you talking about? Like, there's no way I have a six inch crack in my hip. Nothing happened. I'm 39. I, my bones are not just breaking. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? So what I, I end up leaving there. I'm out of my mind. Can't figure out what's up or down. Um, we finally end up going to a specialist and you know, God, it took months, months trying to figure this out and the misdiagnosis and no knowing what the hell's going on. And then finally I get told in 2015 that is, it is an osteochondroma, which is just a massive bone tumor that was like intertwined in the head and neck of my femur, but like under it and in this position where like nothing could be done there. Nothing could be done. They wanted to put me on a bunch of opiates. Like there was no fucking way I was going on opiates. Like no way. They told me I was going to be in uh, a wheelchair for the rest of my life. I'm 39. I have a one year old. No, the fuck I'm not like, and I don't know if it's just, it was stubborn or, you know, I, I was right around giving guarantees they give the best case scenarios so this is the this is what we see this is the protocol when we see it like this and this is your best chance of success you know and then insert dead end conversation because that's the protocol hospital has chosen that the doctors have chosen that society has chosen that for you Um, and again let's go back to that you know uh there's and where you were starting to learn about other ways of managing this. Right. So then enter Vico, full extract mm-hmm. cannabis oil, full mm-hmm. extract cannabis oil from the roots to the tip of that plant. And I'm telling you, changed my life, changed my life. So I went on this protocol where it was real small doses, work your way up, work your way up. Now I'm up to a gram a day. So a thousand milligrams of full extract cannabis oil and I'm, I'm feeling a difference. I don't know what's happening. I feel a difference. All I know is how my body feels different. Now the pain's still ungodly. I, I, the journey is miles long. You know, I, I'm not even putting a, a dent into it yet, but I have a little bit of relief. So I know I'm on the right track at least. So now maybe six months pass where I'm just cannabis oil, cannabis, cannabis, cannabis. We're growing it. We're doing it ourselves. It's organic. I know what's going in exactly what's going in my body. You know, so good. I'm getting results, but I'm still, you know, this is terrible terrible limp I can't walk right and there was not another MRI coming right you know so you're like going through these changes where you're feeling like this feels different right this other I kept telling you it feels like it's moving it feels like it's moving like it's it's, yeah like what the fuck are you talking about yeah good great sure it is yeah you know so milligrams of THC everything's moving (laughs) (laughs) um so we get to like a six month checkup whatever bullshit they call that where they're you know supposed to tell me to get get a wheelchair so six month checkup and i I do get an mri now and it has completely changed this tumor has completely changed now not to a point where they could do surgery yet because now it's only been six months but they they don't know they're seeing these changes and what's this and look at here and they're comparing them but it's just that's just what happens sometimes. You know, there, there's no reason. There's no whatever. Right. So now it's at a point where like, well, maybe we can do an exploratory surgery and see what we can get out of you. You know, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you don't know what's happening, right? You don't know how it's changed, but you want to just dig in there and see what you can do. So what do I say? Like, I, I can't just let you cut me open. Like I'm breastfeeding, you know, I, I have a one-year-old. Like they're like, oh, you know, just stop breastfeeding. That's totally fine. I'm like, oh, goodbye. Like, you know what I mean? You don't have to say another word to me, get the fuck out of here. Like, oh, so now my son can, you know, suffer because 
I'm a stubborn fuck? Like, no. So um, leave there. So now we're, like you said, the next week, back to the Midwest. We're back to the Midwest. Like, fuck Washington. I don't know what's going on there. You know, we learned what we could, came back. And I start, uh, Lois will get into this, I start going nuts with cannabinoids. I mean, drinking them. <laughs> like, literally, if there was a cannabinoid near me, it was getting in my body. And then, you know, we're in the Midwest, so that's not high THC anymore. Usually, people talk about this in other things, but usually, you know, there is such a thing as like non-productive cannabinoid therapies, right? Sure. You're, you know, body has a need. That is where this comes in handy, mm -hmm. uh, you know. And this is that whole trial and situation, right? So Gina is battling not only uh, physical need to relieve pain because she's not going to take the pharmaceutical route. Right. Um, but she's also had success off of using high THC therapies um, and is going to continue to try to do whatever was happening that they couldn't explain to continue that. Right. We didn't know what it was, but we knew it was doing something. It's one of the things that they had explained about the fact that I wanted to explore thing, if I'm not wrong, was that it was just too deep. It, it, was, it, it wasn't accessible. Right. Um, and Going in there, um, being that the skin and the bone around it is so fragile, mm -hmm. high, high risk of break my hip, fracture my hip, right? Making more because the bone is so fragile, right? Yeah. So um, we're gonna screen share this, right? So we've got it up here, and it's probably everybody's already read it. You know, <laughs> but, um, but this is actually a post that Gina put, uh, you know, um, after her uh, her surgery, right? Well, this is after I. Right. Yeah, yeah. When I finally got the news, like we're scheduling a surgery, and I'm like, yeah. ah, you know, like not an exploratory, not a like let's dig in there and see what we got. Like, no, let's get rid of this tumor. And, and something that usually only develops in like younger, right? Teen, teen, yeah, right, right, right. So for getting it in the first place because right. it's just not common right. for an adult to develop. And when an adult does get it, it's like in a kneecap. Yeah, it's like right. really so easily removed, yeah, you know, right. still terrible pain, but they can get at it and get rid of it. Exactly. This post that you're looking at on the screen right here was, and we're just going to read it together, shall we? <laughs> I tried not to use this platform for personal reasons until today. I finally got no point in my eight-year inoperable osteochondroma. Osteochondroma. Yeah. Journey with the Large pendiculated osteochondroma arising from the anterior femoral head neck junction. You may wonder how does an inoperable bone tumor become inoperable or operable? So, in the Gina's cannabis journey. I started intense cannabinoid therapy in 2015 in Washington State using very high THC FICO. I was able to access that for 18 months before moving back to the Midwest. I then turned to very high legal cannabinoid profiles for the next three years. Starting this year, which is a little over a year ago, uh, she started a 13 strain high acidic tonic in very high doses. The high acidic tonic is a raw form of uh, cannabis. So it's all of the acid profiles, there's CBDA and then there's CBD. It's the pre-conversion part of that. We use the uh, glycerin base, so the glycerin literally extracts, so there's no alcohol, there's no high heat, there's nothing crazy, it's just pulling everything from the plant. Right. Right. From, similar to juicing, right. juicing would be, but in a different type of carrier. Mm -hmm. um, so in May of 2019, she had over 1 million milligrams of CBD, CBDA, CBDV, THC, 
GHCA, GHCV, and her body has <laughs> Her six-month checkup, she got an outstanding MRI and they scheduled surgery that day. And she was told in 2015 that she would be in a wheelchair, as we discussed, for the rest of her life because there was nothing that could be done about that condition. She was told that she had a better chance of getting hit by lightning twice and develop a bone tumor like that. Moral of the story, Gina, from over a year ago, stay positive. Do not be afraid to take your health in your own hands. Trust your instincts and trust Mother Nature. Longer drugs because your body requires it to function properly. Enter the endocannabinoid system. Thank you. And it's really interesting because a year and a half ago you were not utilizing LinkedIn like you are now. No, right. And this I mean that post still got eight thousand views. Like, you know, so it's it's something that resonates with people. It's something that, you know, either you know about this plant and you already understand this and you're excited about it because you know 10 other stories similar to mine, or you don't know anything about this plant and you've heard it's a terrible evil drug and how could this be? And now you're like, oh, wait a second. You know, maybe I need to put more thought into that. So wherever you land in there, nothing bad can come out of this. We have pictures of your Goomba and we have yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, guys, it, it took a long time, a lot of physical therapy, about six months of pretty intense physical therapy. But again, no opiates, nothing crazy, just physical therapy, rest, ice, uh, you know, and I still have pain. I do. I, I have severe bursitis in both hips now because the surgery post-surgery was a little goofy, you know, a lot of, a lot of side issues. But uh, I'll take bursitis on both sides over a nine and a half inch bone tumor any day. So I wake up and I do, you know, my bursitis yoga, which is just, you know, opening up my hips and stretching everything out. And I'm solid. You know, I, I, I can't do everything. I can't do intense workouts. I can't do a lot of running and jumping. But, uh, you know, yogas and Pilates and, you know, as long as there's not too much pressure on the hip, like, I can do it. You know what I mean? It's all I've ever wanted. On a pretty high cannabis. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't think these things coming back, and I don't even right. know if they talked to you about that. Like, how long would it take for another one to show up? They have no idea. Yeah, like I mean, we, yeah, we've asked all these questions. They, they, they have no, literally nothing to go off of. No, honestly, honestly, like they, we had other doctors. Other doctors, they would bring in. They used my case as like the case study for like the new doctors that came in to like. Yes, yes. So like you know, it was so rare that you know everyone coming out of medical school was like, you're gonna believe this shit. Like you know, like look at her. You know, the one doctor I went to literally was videotaping me walk because he's like, there's no fucking way you should be walking. Like how are you walking? And I'm literally like throwing my leg in front of you, like I can do it. You know, like but that was it. Like I was walking. You know, but you, you do what you got to do and <laughs> probably, <laughs> right, it probably wasn't the best route. And, I, you know, I don't we suggest putting it off for years. Right. Like it's, we, we, I mean, and we talk about bullfucking head and yo. Yeah, no, I'm as stubborn as it gets. Yeah. yeah. I'm like only Comes with a cute smile, <laughs> but stubborn <laughs> as fuck, right? Brutal. Our dad's one of the funniest things about us. I wonder who we got us from now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yes, yeah. You know that there's like little beats and pieces, beats and pieces. pieces. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with time, I mean, who knows? Like, you probably found that one other person on the planet that has this. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to run with that person. Yeah. I want us to go for a jog together. <laughs> <laughs>
Literally. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, that actually, uh, we can. I'm, we want to talk about Tyler. Yes. Oh my gosh, guys. Yeah. He's on our team. He's one of. We talk about our team a lot. There's not a lot of people on our team, but it's it's a handful of amazing people, and Tyler's one of them. Yeah, it's really just the universe's way yeah the right people cross your paths like whether you know it or not i mean I, I firmly believe there's a reason for everything and all the right people will come to you you just have to be receptive sure yes yes don't be nervous yes we talk about chuck a lot Chuck's head poncho. Chuck science. <laughs> you can bring him in month two. <laughs> Shut the phone down. What else you got? Yeah, because he's, he'll bring up four decades of incredible stuff that you didn't even, We've known him for two and a half years, and he'll say something like, what the hell? Like, what? What do you mean? Yeah, what do you, what do you mean you coached in the NCAA? Like, hello, you know, just crazy. Shit. What the hell? It's almost like bullshit. Yeah, you want to call it bullshit, but then it's like, no, it's all true. Right, so right. Here I am. Here's David Jesus. Right. <laughs> 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 Tyler is, uh, you know, some, Tyler came into Chuck's life. And he identified into Chuck. Uh, you know, Tyler was brought in our circle for Chuck. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna read some notes. We've, we've written some blogs collectively over the years about Tyler. Um, we have a song that we're gonna share with you guys yeah. that um, Sadie and Manic Sound Expulsion had put together called CBD Changes Life, and Tyler actually is highlighted in that because uh, the story is very powerful. Yes. Um, we're gonna just read like a little bit of opening here, and I'm just gonna play a video of Tyler actually talking about this experience for the first time ever outside of friends and family. For some context, before we just throw a video out here, because it's a very, you know, he's very, um, you know, you'll see the passion of this story yeah, and it's the emotional. feeling. It's very emotional. Yeah. As all of these journeys are at some point. Very. Um, and specifically, Tyler. Uh, so this is March of 2019 that Tyler actually reached out to Chuck, mutual connection, and somebody told Tyler, like, if anybody can help you, you know, it's, it's Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> right. You know. Um, Tyler was diagnosed in January of 2019. It was on his neck uh, to remove it. Uh, and for whatever reason, after they removed it, it did not heal. It would not heal. It just... He does talk about how they closed it with Vaseline. That yeah. could have something to do with it. Lack thereof. Anyway. No, I got it. Right. Um, having a cancer diagnosis is, you know, the end of brain function for for a while, right? Um, and then the provider, whatever that might be. And the time he's going through chemotherapy. They removed this basically telling him, like, all right, I'm going to be okay. I'll continue with these therapies and whatnot. Um, so he, he's not healing, and it makes him a baseball size hole in his neck, an open wound that will not heal. 
and prone to chronic infection. Um, during that same time, after they had removed this and his, through his skin, he had visible jawbone, uh, the cancer had now spread through his Nobody ever wants to hear it. Oncologist released him from any type of protocol or treatment plan. Uh, basically, that this is what we do when there's nothing we can do for you. To go to you feel. We'll say goodbye to your family. And this is how path with Chuck's path. I'm gonna go ahead and play Tyler telling his story. And uh, when that is over, we're gonna come and uh, we're gonna talk about him. Hi everybody. I know I kinda snuck in the door here this morning, so I don't actually don't know I didn't even know I was talking today until um, he pointed at me. Um, and I don't know what Chuck talked about and what he explained. Um, I come from the, mar the marketing industry. Uh, I've been involved in that for the last marketing sales, coaching, mentoring, seminars, stuff like that. I've done that for the last 20, 21 years. Um, I, I have a funding company. I also travel with like the Tony Robbins groups and Shark Tank investors and different people like that that do a lot of presentations and I help people get funding for their small business startups and stuff. So that's what I do currently. Um, Chuck touched me on the shoulder earlier and I'll get uh, pretty emotional. I'm much like you. Um, I'll try and keep it together. Uh, and I don't know, Sonia, if you have pictures, if you wanted to show those now. I can. We can go through slides and stuff, but um, if everybody can see this here, that started out as a, a mole the size of an eraser, maybe, maybe a little smaller. Um, so it's melanoma cancer. I went in, had the mole removed, they tested it. Um, and said, okay, you're, you know, it's got cancer, so you're a stage 1A cancer, or sorry, 1B. I don't know if you guys all know stages of cancer and how that works, so 1A, 1B, 2A, B, C, D, 3A, B, C, D, 4, you're not in a good spot. So, um, and then they tell me in, in the process of this that, uh, you know, the chances we're going to go in, do some surgery, um, it's going to be about the size of a quarter that we cut out, and then we'll just squeeze that skin together. So about two inches long, one inch wide. Um, and I came out with an eight-inch scar down my neck. Um, so, and they said the chances of going from a 1B cancer to a 2A is about 8 to 10%. And that's just one level. Um, so very, very low chance of that happening. And um, I got a call six days after the surgery uh, saying that I was actually, uh, and you could hear the, 
it was the doctor that called me, which is always a bad sign. Um, but when that doctor called me, she says, you could hear her voice shaking a little bit, and she didn't know how to say it. And I said to her, I said, just tell me point blank everything, and then you and I can address that, right? It's easier for me. So she goes, you went from a, I've never told this story, so unless it's just family, so. Um, I went from a 1B cancer to a 3A. So I had cancer in my lymph system, and so now it's in my blood, it's in my body, it's floating around or whatever. Um, so that's why, hence the 8-inch scar, because they took a bunch of lymph nodes out and um, everything that they did. So, and then they do this. Here. <laughs> petroleum jelly, and they slop it in there and put a pad on it, and they say, change that when you wake up and before you go to bed. So this is the picture I'd love to show everybody, Whoa. but I don't have it. Basically, just imagine from where that stitch opens at the very top to where it, it is closed at the very bottom, being completely and totally open. So go, just click on that one there. One. Yeah, that's fine. I woke up the next morning, and it looked like, live, oh fresh, gooey tissue hanging out of my head. Burst open. That's how they go to bed, put your Vaseline on it. I woke up in the morning, everything had ripped open, and it was completely infected. And I call them, and I'm like, it's, it did what I told you it was going to do. And they said, oh, it's fine. <laughs> Didn't even ask to see me. I hung up the phone with them. I called back into the receptionist and scheduled an appointment to be there later that day or the next morning. Because they didn't even care to see me. They were petrified at what, at what they had done to me. Um, so I, I've documented this whole thing and I didn't intentionally like want to document. I just wanted to see, to, hey wife, show me what it looks like today. Because I can't see it. When I turn in the mirror, I can't see the scar. My head's turned too far. So she was taking pictures of it just to show me what it looked like on a daily basis. I went to an event, and she, she talked, Sonia talked about Russell Brunson. I went to his event um, in Nashville and ran into a friend of mine, and he goes, dude, let, let, let's see what's going on. So I show him what's going on, and he's like, oh my gosh, I've got a guy I think I could introduce you to that might be able to give you some insight. He does a group text with Chuck. I know you guys are just getting to know Chuck. Um, this is one of the most genuine people I've ever met in my entire life. And I've met a lot of people but not knowing me personally at all. Just texting me and he asked for some pictures. We sent him, I don't know, three or four pictures is all. And all he said when I sent him a picture of what it was is it will work. That's all he said, take it. Um, now, to be honest with you, 
I'm afraid of running out of this stuff. So there's that little ring around the bottom. It was a round, mine was round, and then I got another one like this. But the round one, you know, has that little one inch thing. I have that still, because I don't want to run out of it. <laughs> Chuck's not going anywhere, so it's great, but I have this little inside fear of like, I want that stuff, like, but I was just, I started just drinking it out of the gallon jug. And within, within three days, you could see a difference. And these pictures aren't doing it justice because I have a whole bunch more of what's happened and what it does and the timeline of when I started taking uh, the nano water. And, you know, he's like, take four ounces. And three days later, I'm like, screw four ounces. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I saw what it was doing, yeah. you know, and the, infect the dark red disappeared, like disappeared. And then all of a sudden, the, the tissue from the back just started coming to the surface and drying up and healing. Never scabbed really bad. It just started healing. Um, that, that infection's right next to my brain, and that's what I kept telling the doctor. It's like, isn't that awfully close to like something that would... And they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. In fact, I have a doctor that lives in my neighborhood, a surgeon that lives in my neighborhood, he came over at 11 o'clock at night because I'm just like, this thing's on fire. This is just burning. So he came, comes over. He sends me to a 24-hour pharmacy to get an antibiotic, a five-day antibiotic. antibiotic. Didn't, it didn't do anything. Five days, it did nothing. <coughs> nothing did, in fact, then I go back into the, doc, into the doctor because they, then they wanted to see me quite often. Um, but this all, this all started in January. January 18th is when I had my surgery. Um, a month ago, by the way, I still took stitches out. They're still, like, coming out. They're poking through. The ones aren't, that are in me that are supposed to dissolve aren't dissolving, so I still pop them out. And, but anyway, uh, I go back in to, to see her, and, and I'm like, you know, I would think, because they weren't prescribing me anything. They just, they wanted nothing to do with me at this point. They were, you could tell the, the nervousness in them. The one went red in, in, the, in the face and, you know, the blotchy stuff. I made some comments, right? And instant, like, red spots started showing up on her upper chest. And, uh, and I'm just like, yeah, see, I, I, I know what this reaction is from. It's not allergic to me. It's you're allergic to the issue that's behind the scenes here or potentially behind the scenes. So, uh, anyway, just to finish it off, I start Chuck's stuff. Um, they gave me one more antibiotic that actually did nothing, and that's, that's when I started the, the nano water. Um, within, again, three days, I noticed a difference. Within about a week and a half, it had completely closed up. And it had been open, guys, for, I'm talking April, at this point, so four months it had been wide open like that. Um, and uh, still today, I, I'll take a little sip here and there of this, that nano water. <laughs> but he's given me some other stuff that I take every day, but uh, I, deal, I still will take a sip of it, just like, oh, I just want a little bit. Just. But if you guys like, could see the timeline of things in full, um, and when you do, maybe later today or tomorrow, because um, I have it, I have my laptop here and stuff, so. Um, 
I'll show you the timeline of things and how it all progressed um, and what's happened and the way it looks today, you would never ever think that it would ever be like this. So um, this stuff in my mind will, well, I'm gonna say this guy, his purpose is real. His intent is real. He told me all I want to do is save a life. If I save one, I can save more. And he means it. He saved mine. And I truly believe that, so. Thank you, Chuck. Chuck Science. But when he came to visit, I was expecting to meet Tyler. But I met his beautiful wife, Susanna and four-year-old Gunner, and the most adorable daughter ever, Zoe, four, I mean, I love Zoe, 14 months old. Um, this is my, everybody has a Bible they carry it around. This little book is my Bible. Every thought I have that's important for science that could help somebody or something goes into this book. I, I don't let this book out of my sight. I don't let anything. When Zoe came over, I'm like, here, write in it. <laughs> you know, so he gave it to her, she's right. She drew her hand and other things at 14 months. And I realized, just like I said yesterday, the reason we do what we do is for the little children. Zoe and Tyler and Susanna and Gunner, they're an integrated family now still. If he wasn't there, goodness knows what would happen. You know, things happen when you're not there to protect it. And I will never lose those. <laughs> This means something to me, because that's the real story. It's not about me, it's not about him, it's about how his children are going to grow up now because they have daddy. And this reminds me, every time I'm too tired, or I think, ah, you know what, my hip hurts, I don't want to do this today, or something, I open this book up, and this is the most two important pages of my life, all right, because this is what matters. And you know what, hats off to these guys. Told you. Help deliver it. <laughs> Simple water. Water, guys. I can pour this into a glass right now. So that is nano water, right? Yeah. <laughs> You'll taste it. There. Have a little help. <laughs> Take a shot. <laughs> Cheers. Pretty simple, right? Looks like water, tastes like water, smells like water. Everybody else would say you're crazy, you're a quack. Okay. No. Now I told I told I told Sonia one more thing, and this this is very real between Chuck and I. Um, I've been down since to visit again, had dinner at their house, and um, they've gotten to know my family extremely well. Um, but on a side note from that, not just me, but my wife, my wife with Zoe um, has gone through massive postpartum. Um, and we live in a state where I can't bring stuff in. Uh, so we've traveled to Denver, we've traveled to Vegas and California and Oregon and Seattle. We've actually been to all these places and to, uh, to get help for her. Um, they have her on, had her on. Uh, 
16 different pills daily. Uh, and some like you, you said to cover the side effects of this, you have to take this and so on and so forth. And my wife's also an addict. Um, so we have to be very careful with stuff, or I, I do, out of the fear for her um, going back into that. Um, but we have her every once in a while on, well, all the time, on a daily like CBD regimen and uh, with a light, a light THC. And she went from 16 pills a day. In two weeks, she went from 16 pills a day to three pills. Um, and it was instant. Like, the stuff works. It's real. Um, I watch even the terpene stuff. I can watch my wife's physical presence go from extreme anxiety where it's almost like she's shaking and she can't think straight to putting a lip balm on that has terpenes in it that Chuck and Sadie developed for her to just like, okay, what was, what were we talking about? <laughs> and it's like the most mellow, like thing that I've ever seen in my life. And it's a physical change that takes about three seconds to happen. It's amazing. I'm uh, cancer free and proud of it. And I blame it on CBD. So. Wow. Yeah. Very powerful. You know, I'm glad you brought up, which can lead us into, if not next week's, another <clears throat> episode coming soon is the terpene, the talk about terpenes. You did end it with the terpenes. Yeah. yeah. And we, we haven't talked much about terpenes, guys. We had one blog. You wrote the blog about olfaction, which is, you know, smelling. It's literally just smelling. But um, we talked a little bit about terpenes at the beginning of our podcast with yeah. sperm and terpenes and the endocannabinoid yeah, system yeah, and how life, life, how it all starts. Yeah, so these terpenes to mate. They use all these things. And these are not things that are the human. The sperm and egg. It's like, yeah. like by terpenes. And stuff. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Like it, it's crazy. And actually, I, I don't want to like move it, but it, it, it's a property vanilla, which is, I think, mm. one say that vanilla from man is like a. Kind of yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I, I get into it. Yeah. But Tyler, holy shit, guys, holy shit. Now we know Tyler. I mean, we, we talk to Tyler all the time, but to to see him so raw and the, the emotion and Chuck's emotion and that'll yeah. with that. And if you don't, you know, you probably didn't watch it. You no, know? honestly, so it's uh, you know, and it it really just speaks to where we ended it with, you know, when your when your doctor, when the medical, you know, community just says like we just don't have answers for you, um, and then we it, now we insert a full line of compassion. Right. We talked a while about my cousin who was diagnosed a couple of years back with the triple yes. breast cancer, right. the triple positive breast cancer right. in, in Illinois, and you know, thankfully they'd already been a couple of years in the medical program mm -hmm. in Illinois. Uh, and it was I, the most shocking thing that I had learned through that experience was that even though she did go under a normal, like a regular protocol for this, and she went through chemotherapy and radiation and, and other things, when she went in for her, her patient plan, cannabis was part of it. Yes. It literally, because it was Loyola, I believe, her original, or maybe Northwestern. I'd, I'd have to check. Oh, but, major hospital. But either, right, major in, hospital, in Chicago, Chicago area. Right. So, 
being that the fact that like at the end of her or during her, you know, onboarding in that process and what they were doing to plan with her, her getting a medical marijuana card was part of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was, you know, it, for us, it was like, you know, for me, it was like, okay, you know, now were they doing it for treating her cancer? No, they were doing it to help her with chemotherapy effects but you know she is now cancer free uh and she continues to use that card for her cannabis you know it's part of her daily life it helps her sleep at night and these incredible stresses uh you know she's raising three kids divorced you know all these things it's literally allowing her to live you know in the in the way that she wants to mentally and stuff uh, so it's really cool yeah and have that conversation with his doctor you talk yeah he didn't have that conversation. Had he had not known and uh, somebody was somebody was somebody, he would tell her be with us. The doctors say no, you know. Um, very, very powerful. Well, interesting that you bring up Utah because, you know, we ended last week talking about Sierra, this this mom that we were really excited about, you know, t- telling you we wanted you guys to meet this mom, like just the epiphany of in- incredible strength and perseverance, this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked to her a few times this week. We weren't able to get her on for this week. So we're working on it in the next couple of weeks. You guys will meet Sierra. Yeah. But I, I want to delve a little bit into her story and then maybe yes, we can yeah. play that little clip. Yeah, okay, so this is from CNN. Sierra was on CNN. She was interviewed by Dr. Gupta. Like this, this story was national news. This is not, you know, a couple moms on Facebook talking about what happened with their kids. This, this is mainstream it's, media. It's representative of the kind of moms group, right? Her yes. son's in London. Um, so it's really about, again, some free context. You're a mother, you have a child, a child has a disease uh, and the disease is taking their life. And then you get a diagnosis like you did with an adult, like with Tyler, there's nothing else we can do. Go and, you know, spend your moments, you know, oh, too much, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's, so sad. it's too much, it's too much, it is, it's very emotional. Okay, so front part of things. Right, before, before there's anything. Like we can't do well, no, and this is why we educate guys, and this this is why we do what we do, and this is why we've been doing it, and we'll do it until the day we take our last breath, until everybody gets it, and then our kids will be doing it, and your kids will be doing it, and that, that's why we're here, because this has to change. It has to change. It, it's a, it's literally a matter of life and death. It's changing for people in this type of method. Yes. Only voice, you know. Right. Okay. So CNN. He's only three years old, but Landon Riddle is already the focus of medical marijuana fight in Colorado. Landon had acute lympho, lympho how do you say that? Lymphocytic. Okay, so uh, leukemia, like a mm-hmm. cancer of the lymph nodes. Um, cancer of the blood and bone marrow as well. It was the most common cancer in children. Okay, his mother says that his condition had improved so much following treatment with medical marijuana that chemotherapy wasn't needed any longer. Uh, Children's Hospital of Colorado disagreed with her greatly. Uh, They wanted her to continue chemo and radiation. And I'll start back in September 2012. Landon was two years old at that point. This is going back eight, eight and a half years. He was two years old. He was living with his mother, Sierra Riddle, in St. George, Utah. So again, Tyler, same story in Utah. Same story. Cancer running amok, can't do anything about it naturally anyway you know two people from utah and both of them had this experience so and both of them are still here so let's please if if you're not listening right now share this with someone (laughs) my god okay um so he developed a sore throat and swollen lymph nodes the emergency room doctor said that it was just a virus and they sent him home because we're not supposed to worry about viruses anyway 
Two days later, he went back. His armpits were swollen. They thought it was either a virus uh, that was a little you know, more intense than they had first thought, or possibly an infection in his lymph nodes. So they gave him antibiotics, Sierra had said. Uh, the fifth day, his mother said that she was changing his diaper and noticed his groin now was also swollen. So now we're in his, his lymph nodes. Yeah, it's, it's traveling. Um, as well as his ab abdomen and his throat. So now we're throat, tummy, groin, every red flag on the planet. He was having trouble breathing at this point. Uh, that time she got a frightening diagnosis that it was cancer. I mean, I can't even imagine, like, we're both moms. I, I can't fathom what this woman went through. Landon was phoned to Children's Hospital in Salt Lake City, Utah. His whole chest was full of leukemia tumors, which is why he wasn't able to breathe. He was having that trouble breathing and no one knew why. His mother said they started him on chemo immediately, but told Sierra that he probably wasn't going to make it. That's a direct quote that this mom heard from her doctor about her baby. His cancer had quickly progressed, leading doctors to give him a four to 8% chance of surviving. Four to 8%, this mom was told about her baby. In general, all, oh, less than a week. The whole entire thing, less than one week. Right, right. So in general, all is one of the most, this, this is one of the most curable cancers. According to the American Cancer Society, more than 90% of children that are diagnosed with this disease actually survive from it. Chemotherapy is the standard treatment. And Sierra said that doctors put Landon on a four year treatment plan the first two months of chemo went fairly well, but then Landon became extremely ill. The side effects were too much for this little baby. Most days he couldn't even get off the couch, Sierra remembers. He would just lay there and throw up and throw up and throw up. Sierra said he also developed neuropathy, neuropathy, sorry, a symptom of nerve damage that can cause weakness, numbness, and excruciating pain. His legs, this was in his legs, so it, it left him like not even able to walk because the pain was so severe for this baby, he could barely walk. So around that time, a friend had set up a Facebook page called Offer Hope for Landon. And the recommendations, recommendations started filing in, flying in, however I can spit this out. Right, the recommendations, as soon as people knew what was going on, they, they couldn't help her fast enough. Okay, so including several endorsements for cannabis medical marijuana as a treatment for her baby. So medical marijuana, however, was not legal in Utah, still isn't. So, so for desperate, she's very desperate, can't find answers, doesn't know what to do for her baby. Her and her mother, Wendy, started looking into cannabis and they considered going to either California or Oregon. And then with all their research, it actually landed them in Colorado. So they moved the entire family to Colorado. In the end, Sierra decided that there was nothing to lose by moving to Colorado. She rented a room, got landed a medical marijuana card and began giving him high THC marijuana for his pain and nausea, but then also added CBD to his regimen. So now he was using high CBD with high THC. We call that in the industry one-to-one. -one. It's, it's the best medicine for almost anything, half CBD, half THC. Uh, the dose was based on Landon's weight and he first took it in oil form. And now as he's, he's older, it's now, you know, he's 10 plus, he still takes it consistently in pill form. So they'll put the oil in a capsule, you swallow the capsule. Um, guys, this is very tip of the iceberg for Sierra. Okay, that was very general. I was gonna play a little video so you guys get a better idea, but 
once we have the opportunity to spend some time with her uh, in a, a couple things because this as you know from what just even when she and her read it was her entrance into this realm of therapies for her son right. and i think what we really want to hone in on is what she's done with that right. and what she's learned with uh cannabis uh in general because i don't i don't really know her before uh land and you know no, right she's the cannabis right i'm like knowing about cannabis it was was the knowledge of it like us, you know, like, sure. oh, to smoke or whatever, you know. And this is when I and first got so passionate about cannabis. Like it, yeah. it coincided with the exact same time I joined Moms for Marijuana. So this was like the first story yeah. that I was told and heard, and it was huge. And how do you, how do you hear that and not become passionate? Like yeah. I don't even know. Like if you if you have a pulse and you hear this story, it's going to push you into something, even if it's just telling someone else this story. Yeah, remember. Besides the, remember, if you don't, you get the no. Right. The biggest hang up with cannabis in general is its psychoactive property. Right. That's that. She explained in the first paragraph of her son's story that they had him on high doses of morphine. Mm. They had him on other types of pills that do the same thing. And if you wanted to really have an argument knowing what we know now, since the creation of these drugs, uh, you know, we really have to have a conversation about what that psychoactive response is uh, versus the alternatives. You know, let's uh, let's have you see it from her her words. All her words, you know, this what, eight years ago. Yeah. Welcome to SGMD, treating cancer with marijuana. I'm going to show you why some doctors don't think it's such a crazy idea. You know, I get asked a lot, is medical marijuana just a hoax, an excuse to smoke pot? Well, it's true, you know, some doctors are gonna prescribe it for just about anything. But when I dug into this, I also found something else. Serious physicians out there who think cannabis could become a real tool to fight all sorts of things, including cancer. Good job. Landon Riddle was a normal two-year-old boy until he was diagnosed with leukemia. They told us he doesn't look sick, very sick, to, you know, to y'all, but you know, he's on the brink of death. Doctors in Salt Lake City immediately started intense chemotherapy and radiation. But told us that um, he probably wasn't gonna make it, that he only had like an 8% chance to live 24 to 48 hours. The chemo made him violently ill. He was in intense pain. He suffered nerve damage in his legs and he went 25 days without eating. Around the clock, he's usually on liquid morphine, Ativan, Permethazine, and it just really didn't seem to be helping. And then she heard about medical marijuana. We didn't have anything else to lose. One chemical in marijuana, THC, is responsible for the psychoactive effects, or the high. It also combats nausea and pain. But another chemical, called CBD, seems to have additional benefits. Love you. In January, Landon began taking both as an oil. As soon as we started doing the oil, his platelets have been above normal for a cancer patient. They've been at a regular, healthy person's level, and they can't understand why. And it's this effect that has intrigued researchers. In San Francisco, these researchers say that compound, CBD, can kill cancer cells and stop them from metastasizing in human cells and mice at least in the lab. This compound that appears to be quite effective at inhibiting cancer in the dish. And they're ready now to take the next step 
which is large-scale clinical trials. Of course, many cancer therapies do make it to this step, and some say it is too early to get excited. So we're at a place now where uh, there aren't enough data, we're beginning to gather more, and I think, as in so many things, people are now beginning to demand other treatment options. Now, it's worth pointing out Landon has been off chemo for three weeks, and whether or not the cannabis actually played a role, his mother says his leukemia is currently in remission. So is marijuana bad for you? That's the other question. Or can pot actually do some good? I traveled all over the world looking for answers to these questions, and you're going to see what I uncovered. That's Sunday, August 11th, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on CNN. It's like he, he tried to give cannabis a little credit and then had to take the credit back real quick. Like, I mean, you guys will hear it from Sierra yourself, so we, we don't have to dive into this, but there is no, your baby has 24 to 48 hours to live and then you enter cannabis and your baby's thriving eight years later and nobody knows why, it just maybe just happened. Like, you know, we all know why, okay? So we need to delve deeper. And it's unfortunate that eight years ago, there were scientists letting us know that this is absolutely happening. And it's eight years later, and this information is not readily available. So it's still being researched. We are still... You know what? Even if we are in a perpetual state of stock on the, the, what is it going to, what kind of impact is this going to have to our medical system? Even if we're going to be perpetually stuck on there, you know? Part of Sarah's stories is people want to take her kids away from her because we're not wanting to do chemotherapy. Right. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, and again, there is, that is a huge thing. I mean, the cannabis we, use. How do we go about Telling you, please enjoy your loved ones. They're not going to be here much longer. To, well, you know, I'm just going to try this plant, take my chances with it, to, whoa, hey, whoa, 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 you can't do that. We're just right. going to take this dying kid from you. Right. I mean, this I know it's hard to hear, guys, because we're all in our own uh, lives and we're all doing things. But these are this is your this is your community. Yes, uh, this is what's happening within it. Uh, you know, we can argue and fight about anything with uh, you know what's safe for a kid, what's not for safe for a kid. And that's what we have all of these you know well well funded research places to do for us. At the end of the day, though. Uh, well, there's still so much misinformation, like even on LinkedIn, there's a, a pretty decent sized cannabis community on LinkedIn, but I'm forever jumping into their comments because I feel the need to let them know something, you know, and it's always around THC. Like, well, it's, it's bad for kids and it can't be near kids and you can't use it near kids. And I'm like, hello, there's an entire a community of children that are on this planet still because of THC, literally THC, not, not the entire plant right now. I'm like, I'm talking about the only cannabinoid that anyone wants to talk about, and that's THC because you have a psychoactive effect, like Lois just said, from Vicodin or morphine or Xanax or Valium or any of the plethora of other shit. That you I went step further there with you with that stuff, you know? So we recently were talking about heroin addiction and all of these things. And I got to tell you, you know, uh, as an adult now, um, you know, I'm rewired, you know what I'm saying? Sure. From things I did 20 years ago. I don't want to be, it makes me pissed off that I am, but I am, I'm completely rewired. Uh, the reason why people don't want to give their kids THC or they, you know, we go through the whole dare situation. Brain development. This is brain development. I'm telling you, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's the one that's synthesized for you or if it's the one from the ground, whatever the argument is going to be. 
there is certain parts of the life where you know you want to want to help your kid understanding uh, recreational use of any yeah, drug like alcohol. You want your, right. you want your teenager, you know, your thirteen-year-old getting drunk and getting high in the bedroom with her friends. Like, yeah, nobody does. But that's <laughs> that's not what we're talking about, and that's the only thing that's ever talked about. And there's there's ninety-nine percent of this plant that's just never fucking talked about. It's enough. Like. Well, you said it, autism, epilepsy, cancer. I mean, it's it's never ending, guys. It's never ending. And it's really kind of just let's talk about the alternatives to the therapies we want to give to our children. This should be an option. And the problem, why, the reason, most, the biggest reason why it's not an option is because there's not a body of protocol attached to it. Meaning, uh, like I was playing with my cousin earlier with her breast cancer. They weren't giving that to her for like treatment of anything. This is a, 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 a an auxiliary therapy for her to use for nausea and things like that. Sure. Okay. And that's, sure. that, that is a medical which is the pharmaceutical version, but they give her a cannabis card. This is progress. You know, they, these stories are never ending in their, their. Well, the, the, the downside of this progress and you're right, it is, and we'll, we'll take it. We'll take anything right now, but you know, how many kids don't know, how many moms don't know what Sierra found out? How many moms have buried their children thinking there was no other option? I, moms, dads, I don't know why I keep saying moms. It's just, I grew a child inside me. So that's where my mind goes, but. Right, but you know what I mean? How many parents, how many parents don't have their babies anymore, don't have their brothers or sisters or moms or dads, but could, you know what or I mean? How about this? Yeah. And, and again, we're, this is not, we're not playing gods. Nobody's no. playing gods. We're, we're looking Nor for we quality want to. of life. Looking for quality of life. Uh, we're looking for compassion, you know, in this vessel that we have and what we're doing with it. And especially when it comes to our kids, man. Be open. No. Just be open. And if you get if you got that diagnosis and they said there's nothing we could do, you telling me you wouldn't try pot, marijuana, cannabis, high after you ran them through all of these these life saving treatments, right? Yes, I mean, was. you heard it. You, the, her baby was laying on the couch, just laid on the couch. You know what I mean? That's what's all that medicine did for him. He laid on the couch and threw up. Continue to do where the fight actually really is, is because there is access to it. You know, even if you don't want to go through the right channels, you can have access to this. Sure. The fight is is making sure that those kids don't get taken from their parents. Right. You're not a criminal because of that. There's a lot to it, guys. Needs to, you know. And you can't all just move to California or Colorado or the handful of states that are just really good. Like, that's not an option for everyone. Is it Iowa or Idaho? Which one is it? Idaho. Idaho. It's like illegal. No, Unless you're a doctor or a prescription. Pro, you know, it's very whatever. But if you have a, if you're a kid, you're a parent and you, and social services called and you test for that, you're, that you're in risk for your child being taken from you. Not even the THC component, having the CBD without a card. It's, we have some really fucked up laws. No, we got a lot of work to do, guys. We got a lot of, we're, we're just scratching the surface. Like we, and it takes all of us. Like I, I hope, oh, you know, some of you that watch this or that are learning something, or I get comments on LinkedIn all the time, like, oh my God, thank you. Like I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea. I hear that all day, every day. And it can be the littlest post and it, it sparked something in a lot of people and they're sharing it and they're talking about it and they're commenting yeah. and I, my God, if once you learn something, please pass it on. Please pass it on. No, and don't wait till your, your loved one has cancer. 
you know, don't wait till there's something terrible happening. Just share knowledge, share, share the education. You know, this podcast isn't reaching a billion people, but between all of us, the education can, but it takes us all guys. It really does. This comes as stuff. You get in your fucking car and you move to the state that you can have this type of autonomy, right? Yeah. There's, there's nothing easy about it, guys. There's nothing easy about it, but or yeah, nothing, nothing easy. It's, it's not worth doing if it's easy, you know. We, so it's gonna take a lot of work. It's gonna take all of us, but we can do it, and we can do it together. Let's do it together. What a great podcast! Hey, I'm hanging out with you. It's really nice. Um, okay, so right, millions and millions of you currently watching. Thank you all. Biomes. <laughs> That's how we can pull those kinds of things. Um, it is true. It is true. Well, it's been an amazing, amazing time with you guys. Another incredible hempy hour. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. If you're listening, thank you for watching. If you're watching too. Well, we are going to be just kind of burning, not burning. We're going to be enlightening you with people that we know and care about, or or crossed in our past. Special to you that has, you know, you know, bring them into the Ham Sisters Nation. Yeah, let's talk about it together yes. and get their stories. Maybe they don't have a cannabis story. Maybe you think they need a cannabis story. Maybe they just have a story. That friends. Bring them in. <laughs> bring them in. Let's do this, guys. We're one loving. We're one loving. Have an one amazing loving. evening. <laughs> one love. Ta-da.